Welcome, my friends. Welcome back to the Pat's Peeps podcast. I am Pat Walsh, the host of the Pat's Peeps podcast. Not to be confused, by the way, with the Pat Walsh show, which I host Monday through Friday on iHeartRadio and on KPK in Sacramento. And, and there's podcasts there as well. So I don't want any confusion here. We are Pat's Peeps podcast. Heard everywhere on all of your streaming platforms. But of course, we love it. Love it when you go to patspeeps.com. You just put that in your phone. Pat's Peeps podcast. Pat Walsh, I am the host, like I said, and uh, I'm very excited that we're already up to uh, podcast number 41. 41. We're being prolific. We're keeping them coming, and we're trying to grow the podcast. So anything we can do to uh, to, to, to uh, get the word out, I appreciate it. And a lot of you have been telling your friends about it and been tuning in. I'm getting a lot of messages, and I certainly do appreciate that. Today happens to be the 25th day of the new year, January 25th, 2024. As I sit here and I stare out my beautiful home studio windows, it is an absolutely gorgeous day. I mean, it, it, a little breezy, but it might even be good enough for me to put my uh, top down on my Mustang GT and a little cruise before I head to work. By the way, my show is heard Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. on KMPK and like I say, on the iHeart app everywhere. We have an interesting little spin of, of the 45, the Rare 45 record today that we're going to get to eventually. But, you know, the last couple of days, one of the little new dimensions, the new little twists that we've added to the Pat's Peeps podcast uh, is we've had a couple of guests. We had Evan Hunt on uh, Podcast 39, and I highly recommend that you go back and take a listen to that. If you've not heard Podcast 39, which is our longest one so far, just under an hour, but this is really some heavy stuff, man. You should check it out. Really important kind of scary stuff, but uh, but certainly something that we need to hear. Yesterday, we were joined by Kendall Toby, who is my producer on the Pat Wall Show for over 10 years. And that's on podcast number 40. We had a great time talking to her, catching up with Kendall, as she was waiting waiting for the cable guy. Uh, but please check it out and keep spreading the word. Uh, I'd be very grateful for that. But here on podcast 41, I thought, you know, why not? I'm having so much fun having guests on. Why not reach out to another guest? And this guy here is a guy that I worked with for a long time, a colleague. We became friends. Uh, he is great at what he does, and I am proud to say that he's now an official, really officially the first, uh, I guess you might say Pat's Peeps reporter on the scene, delivering stories remotely. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pat's Pat's Peeps podcast, Ryan Harris. Ryan, how are you, my friend? Well, Pat, uh, I'm doing very well. And you're talking about Kendall. You just reminded me. I'm waiting for the uh, heating and air conditioning guy to show up anytime. <laughs> so, Did they get... I, I, I've, I've moved into my home in Vacaville, and there's no heat, and it's cold, and we're using space heaters. So oh, I so you're the, serious. The, so... the heating tech. Yes, absolutely. Wow. So did they give you the same kind of window as they gave Kendall? Yes, he is somewhere like between 9 and 5. Well, I got between two and five, so we're in it. Well, that's not bad, two and five. I mean, that's just a leisurely afternoon for you. That's a way to look at it. Man, pretty it's, much. It's good to hear from you. I hope you get that heat turned on pretty soon, Ryan. It gets chilly over here this time of year. Yeah, right, right. You're back in California, right? 
I am indeed. Glad to be home. Just to give you an idea of Ryan Harris, this guy has been in radio. You are a veteran. How long you been in the business, Ryan? 20 years this year. 20 years, man. And uh, always had a great time anytime. And you still join my, my radio show uh, at times, which I always have a great time when you join the radio show. So I'm really happy to have, your, have you here on my podcast. Uh, you know, all, all God's children have a podcast. I say that all the time, Ryan. Everyone well, has to I'm have a podcast. To be one of God's children too. You know the guy Always that's gonna, glad to be one of God's children. <laughs> the guy that's going to come in tomorrow, the dude that's going to be working on my wood stove. I pretty much guarantee you he has a podcast about wood stoves. You know everything you need about a wood stove. I got a guy coming in tomorrow too. He's going to be measuring the wall to put a new French door, and he's probably got a pie. Everyone's got a podcast, so I thought, how can I not have a podcast? If everyone else does, I have to. So I'm glad you're a part of it, my friend. Glad to be with you, Pat. And so occasionally I thought, you know, we could go to you. Maybe sometimes you can have some live reports. Maybe sometimes you'll be talking to a man on the street, finding out what's happening, you know, uh, in the world, some of the things that slipped through the cracks. I have a few things that I'd, we could talk about today, but I know you might have a few things on your mind. What's new in your world? Well, I there's some weird stuff out there, and I've been perusing through on the interwebs. And the weirdest one I found, Pat, is out of Overland Park, Kansas, where a couple reportedly kept a relative in their home for six years so they could continue to collect the money from his retirement. We're talking both pension and Social Security. Here's the problem, Pat. The guy died six years prior. So the detectives there in Kansas say that Mike Carroll's pacemaker shows that he died in 2016 at age 81, but they say they didn't find oh, his body God. for six oh, years when his son-in-law, Kirk Ritter, reported his death. Now, Pat, yes. you know very well that I'm not a doctor. Oh, not going to be asking you to turn your head to the left and cough for me. You know, <laughs> maybe you. we have a few drinks. Uh, but I don't know if this pacemaker keeps working until the battery dies, keeps his heart pumping blood through the body. Uh-huh. But if it did, maybe that could have helped preserve him in some way. I honestly really don't know. Uh, but the report says that Kirk Ritter and his wife, Lynn, who is Carol's daughter, kept the body in a bed where they say it became mummified. Oh, now, mind God, you, Carol, Carol is the homeowner. I know it's super this gross. This is their dude. dad? Keep... You say this is their dad? This is the woman's the woman's father, the man's father-in-law. And a guy had yeah, a pacemaker, super... and they didn't know if the pacemaker were at... Pop, time, to, time for dinner, Pop. And he's still well, sleeping. Did they not? <laughs> What's going on, man? They, what? They, they, yeah, they knew he was dead. They, they knew for sure he was oh, dead. I just don't know how the pacemaker works if it's not shut off after somebody dies. And, of course, you know, you wonder if after a few months or years... Uh, there was that smell of death oh, emanating geez. from the room. That's oh, I know. I, well, and I, yeah, well, and I'll tell you, Pat, you know, my oh. first news job as a cub reporter was in Palm Springs. And I had a story one time where a guy was found dead in a car in the summertime. And you, there's just no mistaking oh, that smell Lord. at all. It's awful. I, I will. I, I can still remember it nearly 20 years later. So wait a second. Uh, meanwhile. So wait a yeah. second. Okay. First of all, all of this reminds me of Dorothea Puente. Number one, yep. you know, burying people in a yard in Sacramento and collecting their, their social security checks and all the other checks, everything. So you're in Palm Springs. You're a, a, a young reporter 
they send you to a scene where a man died in his car in the heat of the desert and you had to go out there and be a what so you had to go out there and cover that absolutely and it's if I remember the story correctly, there was some foul play because the guy was in the back seat of the car. Oh, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're if you don't stand uh, in the right wind direction, you're catching it in your nose for That's sure. That's just brutal, and it's man. bad. That's it's awful. it's bad. Yeah, I mean, 105 degree heat, and then you're in the car, and ugh, ugh, I, I, that smell really still haunts me. Pat. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm kidding. sure it does. So, now, so meanwhile, the yeah. the Ritters here in in Kansas over those six years, collected $215,000 from Carol's retirement and Social Security. But here's the little problem with these folks. They also kept writing checks from his account to themselves for cash, so it shows they're not bright. What it reminded me of was Jerry Springer, who got caught writing checks to a prostitute. So, of course, there's a paper trail. That leads right back to them. In the meantime, for those six years, family members are asking why Mike Carroll wouldn't take calls or visits, even though the Ritters led them to believe he was still alive. These criminal charges they're facing are federal, and not just because it's Social Security fraud, but remember, the banks are federally regulated, and they were writing checks on his account. Sure, right. So they're, they're in pretty serious trouble, Pat, and they'll probably have to work the rest of their lives just to pay the money back. And how long was he in the room? How long did you say? Six years. Six years. Six That's years. That's a long time. Six years they keep their father in, in, in his room like that. Um, that And through the smell, obviously. So for six years, they're telling people that he's still alive. They're leading people on and pretending like this gentleman is still alive, this poor soul. And, but he's busy. He can't come to the phone now for six years. So you're going to find a way for six years. Uh, listen, his pops there. I don't know what the gentleman's name is. What was his name? I, but, but no, no, Mike no. Mike Carroll. Mike Carroll. I'm sorry. Mike is busy. He's in the bathroom. I don't want to bug him in there. How many excuses can you come up with for six years? You, certainly, if, if it was someone I cared about for six years, I couldn't get a hold of him. I, I, well, it was six years wouldn't go by because... You know, after a while, you'd have to figure something's going on here. Six years, that's just, that is a gruesome story, man. That's just awful, awful stuff. Man. Yeah, it's its the most gruesome of the day, so I wanted to get it out of the way first. But, sure, start you know, with they gruesome. said the other thing I keep, exactly, the other thing I keep thinking because they said he became mummified is, oh, you know, like Bill Cosby did the movie Ghost Dad. Yeah. Now we can do the movie Mummy Dad. Oh, God. We'll let you produce that one, Pat. Oh, Lord God, that's... Oh, my goodness. Oh, well. Rest in peace, Mike. Yeah, yeah. What else you got there of interest that may have slipped through the cracks? Well, now, you you know, we both are, are commuters, so we are totally familiar with those electronic message signs on the highway, uh, you know, going in your direction. Sometimes they warn us to carry chains on the ride to Tahoe, or if there's like a crash ahead on the Cap City Freeway or something like that. But sure, sure. sometimes the people behind them get creative and add some humor to the messages. 
in order to help them hit home. And there are examples in states all over the place, like in Massachusetts, where one time the sign read, Use your blinker in a play on the regional accent. Uh, in Ohio, the <laughs> message why well, I know you, and it's spelled blinker, blinker. It's really, I, that one cracked me up. Uh, the other one I liked out of Ohio was visiting in-laws, slow down, and get there late to get people not to speed. And then in Arizona, it's hands on the wheel, not your meal. Now, Arizona specifically has taken funny signs to the next level by even offering a contest to find the most humorous and creative. Well, enter our favorite buzzkill, the federal government. <laughs> this time it was the Federal Highway Administration, which recently updated an 1,100-page manual that spells out how those signs should be used. Now, that to me is problem number one. 1,100 pages for a note that simply could have said, no joking, keep the sign serious and all business, <laughs> which makes me wonder how much of your money it cost and how long it took to put that together. Now, the feds are apparently worried it will distract or confuse us when we're driving, but there are a lot of people out there who disagree, including some officials in Arizona, where their contest got more than 3,700 entries. Not only do they say people enjoy and respond well when the messages aren't always so serious, but they say it's an area where the feds are sticking their nose into different states' business where it doesn't belong. Now, in fairness, Pat, the feds do have some regulatory authority over highways because many are interstates that are paid for with federal transportation money. And they also say that the guide is just that. It's a guide. Not a hard rule, but come on, give us a break. Life doesn't always have to be so serious. I mean, you know, I mean, we're in the business of trying to lighten things up, so we get how that works. And so they're saying somehow that the joke, Blinka, or whatever joke someone decides that they're going to use that day, uh, that's somehow distracting us? Is that their argument? They're, they're, that's distracting us as we're driving? We're too easily distracted right. and confused sure. to handle you know, three short lines of a joke on one of those, they call them CMS, the changeable <laughs> message sign. Yeah. We're, we're too, we're too goofy and, and out of control, uh, to get it. So, but the other thing it makes me think about is, you know, sometimes they're the temporary ones, you know, the orange ones that they just roll up like a trailer on the side of the road, you know, oh, when they sure. need to put one in, in a hurry. And, you know, people have broken into those and, you know, change the message to warn of the zombie apocalypse and that sort of thing. So, you know, it kind of reminded me of that too. That I always see, I always think that's funny when somebody does that, but apparently the feds don't think it's so funny. And so they wrote out 1100 pages on this. Yes. 1100 how pages. Tax, how much of our tax money went to them writing out 1100 pages uh, to to explain, as you said, you know, hey, quit joking around with the signs. Exactly right. Do you read us? Quit joking with them. We're not we're not joking. That's that's less than a paragraph. A paragraph, really. And I love the way they give us credit. Ryan Harris joining us, Pat's Peeps reporter, longtime radio guy, friend of the show, friend in life. Uh, distract us, Ryan. Jeez, I'm going down the road. What? So uh, is this any worse than a billboard? You know what I mean? I'm looking up at a billboard. Hey, look, there's a sign on the building. Oh, no. There's no difference between that and getting a chuckle on the road. You know, one of the things I love is if you go like to Lancaster, Palmdale area and some other places, 
Uh, I love when the people are being creative with the, the roadside stuff and even the road itself. Uh, you probably are aware of this, but they have the uh, the musical roads where uh, to keep you to driving the speed limit. If you if the speed limit is say let's uh, fifty five. Uh, and then they've cut the grooves into the road to where when you're driving 55, and of course, many people try to speed it up at 65, but you hear a certain song play. Have you heard these? Yeah, they did one on a bridge in Portland that played the 59th Street Bridge song. Oh, that's And you're perfect. right. It's all about the, the frequency of the grooves tied in with how fast you're traveling and the sound your tires make when they hit those grooves and if they do it right it changes the pitch and they can do you can play a tune while you're driving your car would be so distracted though ryan just very distracted i don't even know what i would do I'm like oh i don't know what's happening Might be I don't know right what's going off on. that bridge into the water exactly Might ride right <laughs> off of that bridge into the drink thank you federal government for having confidence in this we appreciate that <laughs> hey there's a story out today now i did on my pat's uh, pat's peeps podcast and and this kind of crossed over into my show i do try to keep them separate but uh, it must have been about a week and a half ago, Ryan, where I did this story because it was, seemed confirmed. And it just goes to show when you're Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter, and, and it's not just those two. And I don't, I mean no disrespect to them because they do a very good job, but some of these people always want to get the word out first on some of these uh, sports stories. Uh, we reported that Bill Belichick had been hired by the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I know you're a football fan, you're a sports fan, I'm getting news today that it's just really not the case. Apparently, they've they've interviewed Bill Belichick a couple of times, but now it appears that the Atlanta Falcons are going to be hiring Raheem Morris, who happens to be the defensive coordinator for my beloved Los Angeles Rams, uh, and and it says they're going to hire him despite interviewing Bill Belichick on a couple of occasions. Now, I want to say this: number one, if Raheem Morris is the head coach of any team. I can't think of a more deserving man. This guy is the exact opposite personality-wise of a Bill Belichick. You know how it is, Ryan, with Bill Belichick. You see me in these press conferences. They ask him a question. He's just this crotchety, just bitter, no-emotion coach, whereas Raheem Morris... This dude just will light up a room with his smile. The way he deals with people, he is so good with people, a real leader of men. Now, obviously, Bill Belichick is is as well. I mean, they won six Super Bowls. Some people would argue, well, yeah, uh, Tom Brady was there as well. But anyhow, you heard that story. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, they've interviewed Belichick twice. Uh, but now it looks like they're going to offer Raheem Morris that coaching job. Yeah, well, uh, Belichick apparently is uh, kind of shooting himself in the foot. Uh, and I was just looking at an article from the New York Post that blames his own paranoia because apparently Bill Belichick doesn't want to coach in major media park, uh, me- media markets. And he you know, doesn't have a lot of interest, as you said, in in talking to reporters who might be too aggressive. And so, you know, there's chatter that the guy who's had so much success, as you said, uh, might even miss out on this latest round of hiring for head coaches around the NFL. Now, remember the Seattle Seahawks uh, agreed to part ways with Pete Carroll and sort of move him upstairs as an advisor. They need a new head coach, and they've struggled for years. Seattle isn't, you know, the hugest media market, but it's not small. You know, that could be a good opportunity for Bill Belichick, and the Seattle Seahawks fans would love it. Now, it hurts your Rams 
to lose Raheem Morris because he's so talented as an offensive coordinator. But, you know, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, that's a great move for them. And it's funny because I've always been one that doesn't believe that a defensive coordinator would make a great head coach. Now, that's no slight on defensive coordinators. It's an important job. But I kind of feel like, and this is just my personal opinion, that the head coach kind of really has to have a, a handle and an understanding of the offense, even with an offensive coordinator that goes beyond what a defensive coordinator would have. So that's a great move as far as I'm concerned on the Falcons part. But, you know, again, uh, you know, Belichick is leaving himself sort of swinging in the wind and might uh, be without a job this coming season. I understand what you're saying about the, the defensive coordinator. I think a lot of people feel that way. But in defense of the defensive coordinator, I do believe, just like an offensive coordinator, if you're a mastermind at what you do and you have a mastermind that you hire as the offensive coordinator, I think you're in a good position. And I'll give you one example. D'Amico Ryans, uh, who is a, was a defensive coordinator for San Francisco, goes to the Houston Texans. Houston Texans have been miserable for years. Uh, they go out and they pick C.J. Stroud, who is probably going to get Rookie of the Year, arguably the best rookie, although I will throw Puka Nakua into that mix as well. It's a shame that either one of those guys will not win that award. But D'Amico Ryans, here he comes in, his rookie year, defensive coordinator, and C.J. Stroud looked out of this world. He led that team with a rookie quarterback literally to the divisional round of the playoffs where they eventually lost. But I think that says a lot about uh, a defensive coordinator. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, you know, a head coach, I think the, the biggest skill they need to have is leadership. And, you know, they have to work with coaches that operate under their leadership, even as a defensive coordinator. And there have been other, you know, uh, defensive guys who've taken on head coaching jobs who've had great success. So, like I say, it's uh, no, no slight on the D. It's important. And you have to have a basic understanding of offense in order to be able to defend against it. But, uh, you know, there's just something about, you know, if you need to call the plays yourself or whatever that, uh, you know, I feel like uh, an offensive coordinator in the head coaching role just feels like a better fit for me. Something else to talk about, Ryan, as we just go from this to that to the other thing. Nikki Haley obviously hanging in there in the presidential race. She comes out, yes, I hear the sound bite. And she literally says something to the effect, paraphrasing here, but are we really going to vote for a president who is in their 80s? This is our two choices. We have two people in their 80s. This is right after she was telling everyone how she was, when she was younger, she was being teased and she had to deal with racism because she was called herself brown and all of this other stuff. And that, that there's some controversy that came with that. And, uh, and no one wants to see racism in any way, shape or form. But right after you say that, you throw out there certainly ageism with, with with two candidates who are running for president two people in their 80s which brings me to this speaking of people in their 80s all right speaking of that you know who is 85 years old this year and i, I really wasn't aware of it but batman is 85 years old this year did you know that ryan batman is 85 i did not but I know Batman's been around a long time. You know, I've never been the biggest Batman guy, but I will say this. To me, the only Batman is Adam West. I don't care about the movies. <laughs> Not a big movie guy, but the old hokey Adam West that I used to love watching either right before, I think it was on a Saturday night. I could be wrong, but 
but I think it was on right after Big Time Wrestling with Hank Renner on Channel 40 back when we had to have UHF to tune this stuff in. That was still my favorite Batman of all because, quite frankly, they had the cool car, they had the Bat Cave, and they had great scenes where, for instance, they were so hokey you couldn't turn away, where he's got the big bomb. It's like those, you probably know what I'm talking about, that old-fashioned round bomb that's got the fuse burning, and he's up there on the on the deck or on the har- I don't know if he's out there on the harbor somewhere. He's trying to get rid of the bomb, and he's trying to throw it over into the ocean, but there's people on boats. The hokiness of it, the, the climbing up the walls, he and Robin, and they would stop along the way and have a conversation like with Sammy Davis Jr. or someone who's in the room. Man, you can't beat that, Batman, can you? Or, or am I wrong on this? No, and I loved it, too. I got to watch a lot of it, you know, when it was in syndication after school. You know, so it would be on right there in the afternoons, and they'd do two episodes back-to-back. Because remember, it was usually a cliffhanger and then the conclusion. So you'd get both of them, and, you know, get to get to finish out the story there. And the thing I always loved was like the the not just the you know the the regular celebrity villains like Burgess Meredith as the Penguin or the, the great Caesar Romero as oh, yeah. the Joker who yes. played that role brilliantly. But you know, you get people like Paul Lind for a one-time villain <laughs> appearance and yeah. that sort of thing. And I've always I've always enjoyed Paul Lynn's work, you know, like on Hollywood Squares Me too. <laughs> and, and, and and other stuff. But no, I agree with you. The the camp nature of that show, I mean, it really was, you know, kind of comic book style. And that's what made that show fun. And Adam West was so good as Batman, Burt Ward as Robin, you know, they had Alfred and uh you know, I've, now I'm spacing out on the aunt's name who lived with them, uh, you know, in stately Wayne Manor. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was just a whole cast of characters, and it was just always fun. And, of course, we all wanted the Batmobile. Oh, yeah. that was the coolest car ever. And, and you know who you left out on that whole mix? Because it was a cool car, but the Batcave was cool. Frank Gorshin, who played the Riddler. Man, Frank Gorshin was awesome. The Riddler, I loved the Riddler. Yeah, oh, another another brilliant performance uh, that, you know, was a, a recurring one yeah, on re- that one. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, Frank Gorshin also got a lot of credit in an episode of the original Star Trek. It was the one where they had the, the aliens that were, you know, painted black on one side of their face and white on the other. <laughs> yeah. And it but it was yeah. a, it was a discussion about racism because the the battle was between, you know, the people who were blackface on the left and blackface on the right. Yeah. And it was sort of a way to, to, to paint the, you know, racism as sort of a, a ridiculous thing. And Frank Gorshin played that role brilliantly too. It was a one-time appearance, but he was terrific. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I thought he was, I thought all of the people in that, and you're right. It was so comic book with the fights, pow, you know, Zowie, you know, it was, it was just great campy old, you know, television. I just love that stuff. We're joined by Ryan Harris, longtime colleague, longtime radio guy. I'm really enjoying the conversation, Ryan. Uh, and now part of the Pat's Peeps podcast, which I'm really, really happy to have you as part of this podcast, Ryan. No, oh, I'm super jazzed to be not only, uh, you know, back at work with you, Pat, but, uh, you know, your listeners always treated me very, very well. So I'm glad to be able to contribute for them, too. 
On the show tonight, one of the things I've been kind of, I've been teasing it all week, but we kind of, you know how my show works, Ryan, on the radio. It uh, sort of come, goes off course sometimes, off the rails, which is fine. That's part of the show's, uh, it's the character of the show is that we're, we're flexible. We can roll with pretty much anything and have a little fun and have a conversation. So I've been teasing this all week, but I'm just going to ask you your Give me two, three, if you want. And I know I'm putting you right on the spot. We have not, I have not asked him ahead of time. So one of the things I'm going to talk about tonight is just outside of Pittsburgh, there's a, a, a place called Iron Mountain, and it's a huge vault. Within this vault, it holds all kinds of very important records and documents and such, including like student loan documents. Uh, but my point is that it holds a lot of great master tapes of some of the greatest albums of all time these are as you know i don't have to explain it to you but just so everyone knows you know the master tape is the the tape that was recorded directly from the performance by the artist so this is the cleanest form that you're ever going to get to listen to the music other than in person but this is the cleanest form of that original album that that that, that you that you listen to so many times if you were going to pick any album, Ryan Harris, and you got to go inside this vault, very limited tours. It's not everyone gets to do this. You had a chance to go in once or twice. What, what album would you pick, do you think? Oh, I had a couple that came to mind right away. One of them was uh, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon <laughs> and then the Revolver by the Beatles. Uh, would love to hear, you know, directly the original recordings of those. I mean, they just, I mean, I could go, I could go down a long list of albums like that stuff by Elvis or, you know, again, the Beatles or Led Zeppelin. I mean, I can only imagine. And that's the thing. Like I would go through and look at the labels and go, Holy Toledo. They got that. album. Holy Toledo. They got that album. How <laughs> <Right. laughs> right. Zowie Zam, you know, just like that, man. So, you know, well, you started yeah, with Dark Side of the that. Moon, which obviously, I think that'd be on a lot of people's lists. It certainly would be on mine if I, it is on mine. And my top five is Dark Side of the Moon. That's, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a record that stands time. It's since it came out in 73, it's still talked about as much as it ever has been. It's still listened to as much as it ever has been. Revolver, the Beatles. I mean, these are bands that have just stood the test of time. And will always stand the test of time. You know, it's like Beethoven or Mozart or Bach. These people have stood the test of time for centuries, and I think that's the way it's going to be with, with those bands as well. Yeah, no, totally agree. I mean, you're right. People still talk about them. And I will say, I was not a fan of this recent remaster of Dark Side of the Moon. I think some things were added to it that just sort of cluttered what was some some not just great music, but you know, great use of sound and stuff recorded because it was meant to be heard in your big giant donut headphones from 1973. And, you know, to, to like, you know, just play directly into your brain that way. And so I, I can only imagine the sound that comes out of those original master tapes and played on a high quality machine that's meant to play those tapes out. And that's, I mean, it's just, it's mind-boggling to even think about it. Yeah, 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 it would be. I'd love to have the opportunity. Speaking of music, Ryan, uh, we do, at the end of each one of the Pat's Peeps podcasts, We, I pull from my my 
rare 45 collection, and I do this every time. I have thousands of these 45s, and these were from a radio station years ago, gave them to me, and uh, these are all first, These, as I always say, these are the first records ever sent out. So even if you've heard these a million times on compilations or in movies or in whatever, this is the original 45 that they sent out. It's not a copy. This is the original thing, not for sale, radio sale, uh, radio promotional copies. So with that in mind, I'm going to play one for you today for everyone, and I'll describe the record to you, Ryan, and if you know what I'm talking about, before I get to it, you just jump in and tell me if you think you know what the song is, all right? Okay. All right, so on this one, this is an EMI record. I'm holding it in my hand, and it looks like to be in spectacular condition. It's probably never been played for such a popular song. It's got a radio stamp on it. Someone hit it with a stamp. It says April 1975. The song came out in 74, a uh, radio station copy, not for sale. And this, this is the feature side. So, so this is a 1974 song by a Scottish pop rock band. It was the first hit single for this band. Matter of fact, it was really the only hit single for this band. I would contend that they're, I, as far as I know, they're one-hit wonders. Written by band member, uh, members David Patton, who's a singer, and uh, Billy Lyle, uh, their debut album, which is the same name. So this is the title track from it. And according to David Patton, the song it was inspired by the sunrise on Blackford Hill in Edinburgh. And in a 2000 interview, 2012 interview with Hot Disc TV, Patton also stated that at the time that his wife said that she had never seen a daybreak which also inspired the song. It went to, oh man, this was a huge, huge hit. And it was a hit both in, in, in the United States, where it went to number five. It was uh, even in Ireland, number six. Netherlands, number eight. South Africa went to number 11. Number 39 in Germany. Number one in Canada and number 12 in Australia. No idea, huh? Oh, I'll give you. I'll give Not you. A clue. I'm going to give you the thing that might give it away. Okay, this might give it away. It is being ruined in a television commercial now, over and over. You know how they take these old songs and they use them in a television commercial, right? I know the one you're talking about because I'm already irritated by it. Are, <laughs> <laughs> really? You think you know? I, I, I'm sure I know which one you're talking about. Um. Yes, it's been used in movies. A uh, D- okay, go ahead. Let me know. Okay, I'll say this: this ode. In, let's see if you get it right. So this 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 song, David Patton stretches out some O's to show some serious vocal range, starting in the stanza. Do you know what it is? I I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Tell me what it is. Uh, magic by pilot. Oh my God. Oh, 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 are the O's he says, ending each line with something that rhymes with that. Ryan Harris, you the man, you the man. I could have here. You go. Ryan Harris, pilot magic.
was a great guess, Ryan. <laughs> great guess, man. Well, as soon as you said that commercial, I don't even want to say the name of the prod product because that's how irritating that commercial is. Taking a great <laughs> song like that, just wrecking it. You can almost barely hear hear the song now without saying the commercial though in your head, right? I mean, honestly. No, I can hear the song just fine. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Obviously, it's from Oh 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 Ozempic. Sorry, but you know, I know it's terrible, terrible. How about we flip this one over, though, Ryan? Because, God, who knows what's on the flip side of this thing? Who knows? What's ever, on the B side, Pat? Who's ever heard of the, any other song by Pilot? I'm glad you asked that, Ryan. What's on the B side, Pat? Uh, I'm just going to play it. I'm just going to tell you the name of it, and I'm going to play it. Let's hear a different song by Pilot. It's called Just Let Me Be. So... If you ever wanted to know what else did Pilot ever sing, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard this song. So we're going to hear it off this original record together. Just Let Me Be by Pilot, ladies and gentlemen. thoughts on this ryan <laughs> um it's a b-side yeah, it sounds like something that would go with a like 1970s kids cartoon or something like speeds up and slows down randomly i was worried there was something wrong with your turntable <laughs> You know, what's funny is someone said, uh, I saw this comment. Was anyone else under the impression that the song Magic by Pilot was actually by ELO? <laughs> now I'm always going to think that because I could, I could kind of see where Magic, someone might think that. Ryan Harris, my friend, it's been great chatting with you today, buddy. Thank you, man. Glad to be with you, Pat. Are you going to join us again? Ryan Harris will be joining us again. Ryan, look forward to the next time, pal. Me too. Ryan Harris, everyone. More to come on podcast is complete. Go to patspeeps.com, please. You can stream it anywhere, but patspeeps.com. We sure appreciate that. We'll see. We'll hear from Ryan Harris again on, well, in the very near future. Thank you. I don't want to have you around.